Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today is June 29th, 2020. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Connor and Steve. Yep. In person. In person. For the first time. Back in the saddle again. Well, I can't really say the first time. Tyler said. (laughs) I mean, this is like the second time. I mean, we're not going to hide things from you guys. We did record an episode before, but it wasn't able to be put out. Technical difficulties. Yeah, we felt it wasn't suitable for the airway. I got a little loose with my uh, mic distance. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't a good first one to come back. Yeah, at actually, yeah, it wasn't the best one to come back to in person for all of you guys. But I guess since the last time we had all been together, has anyone encountered anything new or interesting? So. I saw a trailer for a movie that some may be familiar with, depending on your genre of choice or if you're into obscure comedies. But Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, yeah. The new Bill and Ted. They released a trailer for it. Now, I'm a big fan of, obviously, the former two films. Um, but the trailer... I don't know, dude. It's just those are one of those movies where it's like Jay and Silent Bob or any Kevin Smith movie outside of like Zack and Miri and Tusk where they're just kind of that mindless, fun humor kind of keeps you involved, especially if you indulge in the uh, marijuana. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of both Bill and Ted movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first one more than the second one. The second one was kind of goofy. Yeah. But... As a whole, I've I've enjoyed them. Yeah. I'm excited for this. I've yeah. always been a fan of marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. What about Bill and Ted, though? Have you ever been a fan of them? I like the first movie. The second movie, I'm not crazy about. I like the character of Death in the second movie. That's really what the drive... Because he's, yeah. he's in the trailer for the new one, and that was like the cool driving factor to really exactly. even find the second one. Is, is Dave Grohl appealing. in the new movie? Was Dave Grohl in, a, in the other one? Oh. No, but fucking Dave oh. Grohl does fucking everything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Keanu's a big star now. It's like loosely affiliated with rock culture. <laughs> so Dave Grohl probably has to fucking show his face somewhere. Yeah, I do kind of wonder show if they're going to have like a rock and, and roll like cameo. Or oh. fucking... Um, like, um, he could do, like, some Tenacious D shit. Take what, over like the death roll. Oh. <laughs> well, like, play devil. all the drums in that. <laughs> I need to get the Tenacious D movie. I have the album. The oh, dude, I fucking love that movie. Uh, it yeah, is good. fucking great. Yeah, there's another movie you can put in that same genre category. Oh, yeah. That's, like, I put Tenacious D in, like, the same, like, uh, like, uh, you know, like, column as, like, half-baked and shit like that. Yeah. It's like the same type of movie. But the soundtrack, dude, is fucking... It's like a oh, mix between um, Half-Baked and Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, Definitely. it's like... It maybe is. some, like, ACDC. Yeah, it's like a mix between, like, that Weird Al movie, UHF, yeah. and Half-Baked. 
Yeah. Facts. That's funny. Um, since the last time we had all been together, I, uh, I saw the movie West of Memphis. Um, the West Memphis three, three teenagers were accused of murdering three young boys in West Memphis, Arkansas, I believe it is. And the reason I got into this case was because friend of the podcast, Henry Rollins, mm. oh, yeah. he, um, he released an episode on where he talked about how big of a, like a part he took in them getting out of prison. I watched the movie. Henry Rollins was on there for like five seconds mm. where he talked about all of the people that sang on the album. I forget what it was called. It was like, uh, uh, I forget what it was, but it was like something. It was like songs for the West Memphis yeah. three or some shit. There was like a yeah. title for it, but it was some, the, the, like the underneath was like songs for the West Memphis three. And he's like, Chuck D check Tom Araya from Slayer check Iggy pop. <laughs> check and it's like you only like he didn't even like name like the a-list guys that were involved with that like at the time like Corey taylor from slipknot was on there and he was probably the most well-known one out of the whole batch at that point in time never was Corey taylor more well-known than eddie vedder no 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 no. i'm talking about on that album that he did eddie vedder wasn't on that what do no, you say? Iggy, Iggy Pop's probably way more known than Corey Taylor and the, as well. Uh, well, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, like as far as here, like the definitely. general population, true. Like, like the normal people, yeah, that would be like like the generic mainstream. Exactly, fan the base, normal people obviously. that would be watching that documentary. Yeah, they go, "Who the fuck is Iggy Pop?" Yeah, Slayer. Like, if you went like, "Oh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot," they go, "Oh, okay, the guy with the mask." Mm. But it turns out Eddie Vedder and Peter Jackson were like the fucking major dudes in this whole thing, and Henry Rollins wasn't shit. Now, let me ask you a question. Also, friends of the podcast, uh, Michael Emanuel, well known as Michael Graves, um, he did an album, obviously paying tribute to Damian Eccles, and particularly with the album Illusions. Yeah. Was he mentioned in this movie by chance? No, he was not. Damn. Serves him right for uh, not getting back to us. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah really. I mean, it, they were able to tell this. Mr. Fucking Hollywood up there in North <laughs> Jersey. They were able to tell mm. this eight years in the past that he was going to tell us no. So, like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, dude, they even had Peter Jackson in the... Fu- Actually, Peter Jackson was an executive producer on the film. Okay. Along with Damien. I mean, it was like two and a half hours, but if you don't know much about the... Actually, no. Even if you do know enough about the case, like, to realize, like, how wrong it was for them to be convicted. And they kind of, like, the whole... Like, state and shit knew that they fucked up. So they made them do an Alfred plea where it's like, listen, we know you're innocent, but we can't say that you're innocent and neither can you. So you have to say you're guilty until we prove you innocent. And because you did that, we can't give you any retributions for being in jail for 17 years. Well, that's, it's like, uh, what's his face from fucking um, Netflix? Making a murder. Making a murderer. Once they. Yeah keep you in jail too long it gets too expensive to admit they made a mistake exactly yeah like dude you think about it are literally big enough for those cases to bankrupt whole municipalities bro imagine three kids that went to jail in their teens so 17 18 years old they came out and they're almost 40 like imagine how much money they would have to pay out of course multi-million dollar settlements for each person it's fucking wild yeah and you know uh if you're a fan of true crime or 
even you know about this case, this is definitely something to check now, out. Now, you said you watched a movie. Yeah. It was a one, just a one series, like movie, just a straight movie. Yeah, it's just a straight movie. I'm pretty sure I thought there Paradise was Paradise like Lost. That's the one I That's know what about. started this whole thing. Okay. Paradise Lost came out in like 96 or yes. 97 or something. Yeah. And it grew this whole like cult That's thing what I was thinking and within, of. within like the A list celebrities. Did you watch shit. this on Netflix? Watched it on the Water Twig on the Water Loody. Twig. Okay. Yeah. Because well, I tried to watch Paradise movie. Lost, but I don't think anybody was, uh, Anybody had any good, useful links to watch that, so I had to watch the next on the best water thing. Twig. On the water twig. Yeah. Fair enough. On Lodi. Yes. But, yeah, check it out. I mean, you, you can buy it on Prime or rent it on Prime, but... Nah, I like uh, Lodi. He's a yeah, good guy. Lodi. Yeah. Brody. Lodi. He's got a lot of it's good It's all the same. There, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Connor? Um, I had the uh, the recently released split single or EP by the Melvins and Mudhoney, White nice. Lazy Boys. Yes. Other friends of the podcast. <laughs> Let me ask you something. This, because obviously I can't find it. How does one go up you can't, about you can't get obtaining it. this? You can't get it. Valuable record. <laughs> YouTube, buddy. Listen That's where you it. heard it? Yeah. Damn. Um, All right. What's going to call it? The key, uh, my favorite track from it was the Neil Young cover, Drive Back. Now, mm. you said this is an album with both bands playing right it's, yeah it's both bands playing together it's it's technically not a split release it's it's so it's just the members of both bands it's Mel, it's like melv honey or mudvins the mudvins i like the mudvins yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny but yeah um it's good to be back indeed very good definitely is. back in black just in time for our season to end soon oh yes <laughs> yeah we got to change up that uh, intro a little bit, too. Yeah. It's, it, imagine we come back for season three and it's like, season two. <laughs> On this day in music history. On this day in music history, June 29th, 2020. But back in 1974, Neil Peart replaced John Rutsey as the drummer for Rush. Rutsey played on the band's first album, but Peart plays on the next 18. Joining Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson in, uh, in one of the most venerable and productive partnerships in rock history. You know, Rush is one of those bands where, I mean, obviously, besides this fucking guy, they've held, like, the original lineup from their start to their finish. Like ZZ Top. Yeah, There's pretty very much. very few bands that just remain that constant for that long. Exactly. I, I was going to say, John Rutsey got a fucking more uh, raw deal than fucking Pete Bester, Chad Channing. Like at least, at least people have heard of him. I had no idea there was a fucking pre Neil Pert drummer in Rush. Yeah, that is true. Dude. <laughs> the first Rush album is actually pretty good too. It's not like their old. It's not like their mu- like their normal music. It's yeah. like it's like blues rock, like yeah. the song Working Man. Like it, it's cool. Makes it's good music. Yeah. I think that's so funny that you put it out there that way because someone was like, "Yo, I like John Rutsey." I'll be like. <laughs> Who the fuck, fuck is that? But if you said Chad Channing, I'd be like, yeah, okay, Nirvana. I <laughs> That's crazy, dude. I had no idea that there was even a drummer before Neil. Yeah. Unbelievable. Poor John. Wherever so, you so are Two out today. of three people running a music podcast 
focused largely on 70s, 80s, and 90s rock. I had no idea about this motherfucker. <laughs> the vote is in that Chad Channing is more influential to music than John Rutsey. Oh, by far. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he played on like 80% of Bleach. Well done, Chad. And po- don't forget those symbol uh, splashes in Polly. This is true. Oh, shit. He got his ass on Nevermind somehow. Simple <laughs> <laughs> splashes on Polly are more important than John Rutsey's entire career. Oh, yeah. And I think he only yeah, hit four times. That's funny. Uh, um... Flashing forward here to 12, uh, 10 more years, 1984, after a failed attempt shooting a studio video for the phenomenal track Dancing in the Dark by the beloved Bruce Springsteen, um, does it live at his concert in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, during Clarence Clemens' sax solo, he brings a doe-eyed 19-year-old Courtney Cox on the stage to dance with him. Damn. Up in the evening. <laughs> How do we feel about Bruce in this podcast? Um, I like I like seventies and eighties. Bruce is like, like the Bruce, Bruce is uh, like the safe zone. Yeah, like I I totally like because you got like Bon Jovi. He's, obviously, he's the Billy Joel. Yeah, it's okay to like. Yeah, <laughs> I totally okay. agree with that. Because I actually fuck with this song. I, I think do. this was just one of those songs that I heard a lot of the times with like my father in the car listening to one hundred two nine. Yeah. It just was like as a kid, it just had such a catchy tone to it that. I mean, like, obviously, like, Born in the USA gets fucking played out and shit. Born in the USA is literally, like, their 1984 for me. It's just, Okay, yeah, I see. That was their commercial peak, and it kind of wasn't ever the same after that for Bruce. I like Cadillac Ranch. That song's cool. Is that from Born in the USA? I don't know what that's from. I just just know it as, like, the song. My dad, like, downloaded it off of, like, Napster or something back in the day. Your dad was like, Cadillac, fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna take him down to the Cadillac Ranch. All right. 1998, we have uh, Ding Dong Ding Dong superstar George Harrison announces that he is undergoing chemotherapy for throat cancer Mm. with assurances that I'm not going to die on you folks just yet. He would wait three more years to succumb to the disease. Um, I would like to laugh, like just because of like the whole ding dong, ding dong, and like all that other shit. Then but we go right into a cancer. Yeah, I didn't story. realize it was yeah. like he dies at the end of this. Uh, However, anyway. we did laugh about him getting stabbed. This is like one well, of those that's, moments. This is that's basically how he died. He d- he got cancer supposedly because of complications from that that incident. Oh really? Yeah, that like that's well, fucking crazy. I didn't know that system or something. Yeah, this goes wow. to show you that we don't review our uh, notes here prior to actually recording. This is totally off the cusp because as we were reading the sentence, we realized what the story was about before busting his balls about ding dong ding dong. Rage against the mainstream. Raw and uncut. We're Word. real for you guys. Unrated. <laughs> In 1999, Slipknot released their self-titled album, debut album, rather. Uh, Metal Hammer magazine calls it the best debut of the last 25 years. I would have to disagree because Van Halen 1 came out in 1978. That would put this at 1974. I'm pretty sure there's a few good albums that had come out. Uh, debut albums between 1974 and 1999 that so, smashed the shit out of Slipknot. It's also saying because it's coming from Metal Hammer, so yeah, you could put Van Halen in the mix. Metallica, yeah, kill them all. Five years, yeah, yeah kill them Slayer, all. yeah, any of the big four, even yeah. Pearl Jam. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, actually, hold on. Let's do Metal Hammer. Okay, like so metal music. Let's think of metal bands or bands that derive from metal. Mm-hmm. All the big four. 
Metallica. I even yeah. bonded by Blood yeah, by all Exodus. Of before, yeah, Exodus. All that that whole new Test- wave of American heavy metal. Testament. Testament's first yeah. album. Testament. Fucking possessed. I, possessed. Death. Oh yeah. Fucking yeah. That's crazy. Because guess what? That's a bold statement. I don't. That's a bold even- statement. Like, I'm not even a huge Slipknot fan, but I will give Iowa credit. Like, I think Iowa is a decent enough album. Oh, yeah. I was awesome. Like, like, because I put them in the same realm where it was like System, Corn, like all those bands that were trying to create that energy of new metal, I guess you could say. What do you guys like better, Slipknot or System? System. Okay. I like both. I mean, I think System. I've had more listen time with Slipknot. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the thing. I think it's because of the range for System. They have more of that alternative vibe than just the traditional metal sense. Like the self-title and Toxicity are fucking. Slipknot turned me off with like the masks and shit when I was younger because it seemed like gimmicky. Yeah. Um. For me, it's all about like the guitar playing. Like I think Jim Root and Mick Thompson fucking yeah, beat the piss out Slipknot. of Darium and a lot more. Yeah, more. I, I like Slipknot now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, dude, like this first album they put out and the second one, uh, so Slipknot and then Iowa, dude, they're both extremely good albums. And at the t- at the point in time where they came out, they were pretty fucking groundbreaking. Scream Bloody Gore was more groundbreaking in my opinion. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to. I think. That's do you guys better. consider Vulgar Display of Power to be uh, Pantera's debut or no? No power metal. No. Um, well, well, Cowboys. Cowboys. Uh, that's Cowboy, what I meant. Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys yeah, what I would say put them on the map. Would Shit. you say Cowboys but, was their debut? No, because power power metal. power metal. But there was even um, metal magic before that, and something else I want to say. But Cowboys, S- something in it's, the jungle, right? Yeah, yeah. Even Bleach is kind of metally. Yeah, and I'd probably Chad Channing take that over. Chad Channing. <laughs> Chad Channing. I mean that that's originally how you sold me on Bleach. You're like, yo, you'll like this. This is metal. Well it's like <laughs> but we mentioned too it's when close. you talk about like how it's like motorhead or something. Yeah. Like most people, even with Slayer, they'll be like rain and blood, but they forget that Hell Awaits and Show No Mercy were prior to that, especially if you're first getting into them. God hates us all, dude. <laughs> that's like uh I don't know. I don't know where I put that's like Und- a black that's like the black attitude. album era of uh Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disputing your attitude right now. That's a good album, though. But, yeah, as far as it goes... I think those, that came out before 1999, too. Those first two Slipknot albums are pretty good, but I wouldn't say Slipknot The best is, album. It might be able to slip into the top 40 of, like, best debut. 1974 to 1990 debut albums Yeah, from metal. I mean, it's even, like you said, even dude, with Man- Pantera... All, like, yeah. It's all of them. Yeah. Like, even if you don't consider power metal, because I don't know, I think like Pantera is split up into two eras, pre Cowboys from Hell, then post Cowboys from Hell, yeah. because they're it's almost the same, but with the addition of Phil Anselmo, it was just an entirely different band. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, for them to say that Slipknot is better than Cowboys from Hell is a pretty fucking bold statement. Yeah, and also to. I mean, just again, it's 1999. I mean, to say that for 25 years, you're going back so far. But dude, even so, just because of that genre alone, I'll go on a limb. And I don't even like this band, but Korn's debut album. Yeah. I mean, that. Yep. that's the only thing I have by Korn. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah. Like, I that's an undeniable. Like, I have. Follow the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Even you Devil Without a Cause. Life good is, rock. Life is PT. Take a look in the mirror. <laughs> Twisted trance. But yeah, dude, that's a that's a very bold stable by Metal Hammer. Yeah. 
we're all in agreement that it's a okay. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand. Um, the casket holding Leonard Skinner lead singer Ronnie Van Zant is stolen from its mausoleum in Jacksonville, Florida, but left after vandals are unable to open it. The ashes of Steve Gaines, the band's guitarist who died in the same plane crash that killed Van Zant, are spilled from his urn, which is also stolen. How fucked up of an individual do you have to be? Yeah. Almost as fucked up as some motherfuckers who worked at the Blight's funeral home in 1994. Oh, yes. <laughs> in Seattle. Yeah. We're not going to get into that. Though. Yeah. Fucking, um, anyway, flash forward to 2007. Apple's new device, a little known uh, trinket called the iPhone, is released, integrating music into a phone for the first time. Um, I didn't LG have an chocolate. IPhone. I didn't have an iPhone until I was just like going to say that. 2013. I fucking I had that the LG the chocolate. chocolate. I had the first one that yeah. came out. I remember the black one with like the red light up, where it kind of looked like an iPod. Did you the have front. A chocolate? No, I had I had a couple different ones, but I didn't have the chocolate. I was dude. Oh. You have a Sidekick? No, I had I I did have a smartphone, but I didn't have a Sidekick. I had a normal flip phone. Then I had. What did I have? I had the indestructible phone for a while. Yeah, I had like razors and razor knockoffs from yeah. like 2000. Speaking of that, did you see the new one that like came 2012. out? Yeah. Did you see the new razor that came out? Yeah. That's it's like a, a smartphone. Yeah, it's a flip. It's flat cool. Screen. You can still get their OG razors off yeah. eBay for like 50 bucks. Yeah, I held out for quite some time. My first smartphone was the 5C. Honestly, I feel like that's Damn. where I'm going yeah. after this. What, do a razor? I'm dropping back. Bro, it's gonna be so hard to like text and shit. You, can, I don't nah, even think you can group it's chat, what, bro. It's yeah, I won't be able. To, you can't count me out of that shit. <laughs> but um, fucking texting's easier. I can be like, you, you, you listeners didn't get that, but I was like not looking at my <laughs> he was, phone. Yeah, Connor's using T nine word. Yeah, yeah. T nine in it up. And <laughs> he's got the he's got the QWERTY keyboard. You heard? heard. Uh, well, honestly, dude, since the last update on the iPhones, I do swipe the text. Yeah. Like, I don't even have to look at the I, phone anymore. I'm I know it's there, and I still don't use it. I just, like... I was using that shit back in, like, 2011 yeah. on my fucking Android. Yeah. Yeah, Apple's a little behind the curve with the certain things. I don't know if you the saw curve. the update for the iOS 14 with, like, the widgets. You know how they had them on, like, all the Samsung devices where you can make, like, the real big pictures of your clock and, like... Oh, yeah. The iPhone's doing that now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing, though. I feel like Apple does this shit late because they refine it and make it better. Yeah, they kind of are using like we talked about. like what you were saying about the fucking BMWs. BMWs. I was just exactly. going to say that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like Apple as a company are like, all right, fucking Samsung's got this shit out. Swipe the text. Let's analyze it. Make it better. And then once we do all the R&D for it, then we put it out. Like, dude, there's a reason why we have fucking 100 million updates a year on our phones. Yeah. So, speaking of all of this, this kind of brings us into the main topic. To start off this idea, going back in time of things that we found enjoyable, such as older phones and things of that nature, also tying into something new and interesting, 
Uh, it was mentioned several times in the weeks leading up to this release of Lamb of God <laughs> releasing a new album. Yes. Dropping songs nearly every fucking time we decided to record an episode, giving me more and more to talk about <laughs> and slowly becoming more and more disappointed. Now, here's the thing. Half the album got released Half before the, the album. Half the album got released. <laughs> and then all the tracks that were released in between, there was probably one hidden gem in the ones that I hadn't yes. heard already. Now, here's the thing. Probably, I want to say, a month and a half prior to this album being released on streaming platforms, i.e. on the iPhone, Yeah, I ordered a deluxe vinyl of it because I'm collecting records now. And I was like, all right, you know what? I've never bought a new album like from a band I like where they're dropping a new album. The yeah. first time I'm going to listen to it in its entirety, it's going to be on a vinyl. Now, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, I'm ordering a month in advance. So it's going to come the same day. They're going to plan the shipping around to make sure that you have the album the day it's released. In a and perfect I, world. That's what I would think. Because obviously, I'm going to hit at midnight. It's going to be on my phone. But my intent was like, I can wait until it comes in the mail that day and just finally listen to it for its first time without being able to skip around. This motherfucker didn't show up till the following Monday. So obviously, I had listened to the album in its entirety at that point, so I already knew the disappointment I was getting into by programming it onto my fucking turntable and setting that whole shit up. And honestly, with like especially newer music, the whole cliche of buying a vinyl for the purpose and intent of getting that like quality, I guess you could say, out of like an older record, that was like all gone. Because really, the only luxury I had was that the fucking turntable is in my basement so I can blast it and actually hear these songs as they're meant to be heard. But really, it did nothing for me. I think it went from a 5.5 album to a 5.51, my opinion. Well, I also feel like in this particular situation, they don't release music to own like a physical copy of it anymore. Yeah. No. I mean, the, the age of albums are dead. Like, it is dead. Yeah, you literally like if um if fucking Foo Fighters maybe Foo Fighters, that's a bad example. Their shit might be in Walmart if they did a new album, the C D would probably be in Then you have an exclusivity deal with Target for greatest hits. Probably sure, yeah. Or Best Buy or something. Yeah. yeah. But like I'm trying to think of a band like if the Pixies put out a new album. Yeah. You wouldn't find that CD in any stores anymore. Well, basically... No, you'd have to buy it online. So mm. all three of us are uh, animate about actually collecting and owning a physical copy. Yeah. Um, I recently got back into purposely buying vinyls because I had a CD thing for a period of time, and then that went out the window for um, other things, I guess you could say. <laughs> they kept money for certain other things. Other extracurricular Yeah, extracurricular activities. activities. Uh, Not music-related. Yeah. I'm still chugging along with the CDs. Yeah, that's why I want to ask, because, like, Bill, <laughs> Bill, you're collecting vinyls now. Yes. Connor, obviously, has been on the CD and now cassette. I've been on for cassettes. a long been on cassettes. time. That's what I'm saying. Dog. But you've been away for a while. Yeah, but you obviously, in my eyes, <laughs> it's just saying that there's a reason why you're buying them. Yes. You know, because obviously with the way Spotify is, Apple Music, YouTube, I mean, you can get these songs literally at your fingertips. Yeah. So the whole thing is, it's like, what do you think, just based on your personal opinions, is the driving force to actually wanting to own a physical copy, especially if you can already just download it very easily? Well, my idea is at least, well, with collecting vinyl is I have vinyls for albums that I really enjoy. Like... You know, I don't have an expansive collection, but Injustice for All, 5150, Van Halen 1, uh, Van Halen 2, Rats Out of the Cellar, 
uh, Cinderella's Night Songs, and the Ghostbuster soundtrack. I see you've actually also got some uh, tapes lying around here. Yeah, I, I, a good friend of mine had uh, given me Slim Shady LP, uh, Van Halen 2, and the Ghostbuster soundtrack. All excellent choices. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, so, I mean, in my, like, the way I do it, and plus, like, the only CDs I really own, um, I own Boggy Depot, because that was the first time I ever heard that was on a CD with you, mm-hmm. and, yeah, we were, um, I remember we were at Tunes. Dude, I remember, yeah. I remember hearing. You were, you were hyped that they had that there. Dude, because yeah. I never heard it before, and I was like, I'm fucking, this, that was the first time I ever bought something blind, and we put that on, fucking dick guy came on, and I was like, this is the fucking shit. This is better than like any Alice in Chains song. Yeah, but it, it really was an Alice in Chains song. Just but didn't like have you just said it though. <laughs> you just said it like I listened to it blind. Yes, right. Like to me, that's what I really miss from the idea. Because like when you bought an album, you just stuck yeah. it in there and You're let's dying say for it. yeah. And if yeah. you weren't looking at the track listing, and some albums even so don't even put it on the back sometimes. So you're literally yeah. just listening and hearing a song and hearing a song. And then when you hear something because you're not like, oh, I heard this song title before. I'm gonna put this one specifically on. Yeah. Like on a CD or especially an album, you just gotta let it play, and then you'll hear something and be like, yo, what was that? And you gotta exactly. Go back. That to me made it more exciting. Well, I think in the land of singles that we currently live in, it makes it easier to determine whether or not you think an album is good or not by only hearing a couple songs at a time. I mean, like, granted, like everyone has always put out singles, but now you're in a point in time to where you're not really getting full albums anymore. You're getting fucking EPs, like at best. With filler. Exactly. Yep. So, like I said, if it's an artist that I know is going to be good, or, it, you know, like, Jerry Cantrell is a different circumstance because I love Alice in Chains. So yeah. I was like, Jerry's out, solo album's got to be good. Yeah. And I was right. Mm. But, like I said, like, as far as, like, collecting CDs and records and shit, it's stuff that I know that I'll listen to a million times. Like, Boggy Depot and Self-Titled by Alice in Chains. Yeah. And the only reason I own that is because it's the special, it's the fucking limited pressing with the green case. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason purple, I own that. I thought, right? It's purple and green. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Purple's the rare. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I picked that bitch up cheap too. That was at Jupiter, I think, for like five bucks. I was like, swipe. Yeah, yeah. I'm still mad I didn't get the purple cassette tape that they had at Jupiter when it was there. Yeah, uh, like well, because that was the thing. If you would have bought that, I would have given you my copy, so you had the fucking the set. That'd have been tight. Damn, I don't have any. Oh no, I think I have Jar of Flies on cassette. I've seen Jar of Flies at your house. Mm-hmm. It's a good one to own. Yeah, and like you said, it's... Uh, Rotten Apple's probably my favorite Alice in Chains song. That's, really? Out yeah. of all of them? It's a really good fucking song. That's probably my favorite intro song to yeah. their albums. That fucking... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, good. Like... Some fire. Well, you have to remember, too, This that was Mike Inez's first album with Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. He was from Ozzy, right? Yeah. yeah. At, at that point in time, when he was on... Jar of Flies, he had just gotten done No More Tears with Ozzy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, he Jerry comes off this fucking... Dude. Jerry was like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, for those who can't see, Connor pulled the pulled Mike Inez over. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you have to think. Mike Inez came off of a fucking multi-platinum album at that point in time. Like, that, that album reinvigorated Ozzy's career. And I Probably think... Probably his biggest solo album. 
I think I think it was. Yeah. Well, you have to think of the hits that were on that. No and more the, tears. In the eighties, he home. was kind of starting from scratch again. Yeah. And he was building, and then he reached his apex probably with no more tears. Exactly. Yeah. If I could find that bitch on vinyl, I'll buy it. What? No rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked, and no more tears. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Dire of Man Man would be cool to Didn't actually they have that. At actually, Prince any City of them? Didn't we see No Rest Ed for the Ordinary wicked? Man? Ordinary Man. That's all they had. Any of huh. them up until. <laughs> No more tears. If I could find them, I'd buy them. You wouldn't buy Ordinary Man on vinyl? No. About, All right, hold what about, on. What about Osmosis? I would buy Osmosis <laughs> on vinyl. But, like, my thing is, too, like, with these albums that I own on vinyl, they're albums that originally had come out on vinyl. So, like, they're made and optimized for that type of for that type of listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. What the burp? Yeah, it's all right <laughs> it slipped right in there. It's all right there. Kept rolling. But yeah, I mean, like I said, the albums that I own are albums that were made to be listened to on vinyl when they first came out. Yeah. So in my opinion, that's like the ultimate way to listen to these albums. You wouldn't want like Black Gives Way to Blue on vinyl. No, because you have to think like that album it's was recorded. Sound better. It would sound better, but it's not like. Like you, have, like, you have to think, like, in, like, a production style. Like, the way they would produce an album and mix and master it. Like, they're mixing it to sound that good, like, on vinyl. Yeah. Like, with, you know, Black Is Way to Blue or something, like, post-vinyl, they have to, like, like make it sound to where it's going to sound better on vinyl. You know, like, if yeah, that like, makes sense. Me and you the other day went up to the store and got a bunch of shit. Fucking, I rebought In Utero on CD. Yeah. That was one of the things I got. Saw it for two bucks. Mint nice. Con- mint condition copy. That's cool. Two I was bucks. like, fuck it. My copies tore the fuck up. I want to have this still. Yeah. And I got home and I was like, all right, I don't want to listen to this. I want to keep it. <laughs> like, I don't want to fuck with it. And so I popped in my 2013 anniversary in utero, and I was listening to it. I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> like, the, the mixing decisions they yeah. made when they did that anniversary edition of Nevermind, Bleach, Nevermind, and in utero. Wasn't there multiple, like, remixes on that album or something? Well, yeah. In utero, there was already a mix controversy since the day it came out. Yeah, because of the Albini versus the the record label business, and yeah. um, the the original CD release of it was basically a compromise between the two parties. Um, Heart okay. shaped box and all apologies got remixed. Everything else was the Albini mix. I think um, I've heard. I think you've showed me the Albini mixes of like Heart shaped box and shit. I like. I them like way them. better. I was um, going to say, aren't those... Penny Royalty was better remixed, though. Yeah, I'll say yeah. that. Penny Royal... Yeah. Even Kurt Cobain said that. He was like, um, Penny Royalty was the one that really made us remix because that song didn't get recorded right. But, I mean, that was probably just as much the band's fault as Steve Albini. It was probably just not the best performance. Like, they, they'd had that song kicking around since 1990. Yeah. So, really, there was no excuse for that song to be the one that they couldn't get right for the recording. But anyway, like for me, like buying the albums of the shit I like is like, I want to find the version of it that I know I'm going to like. Cause I know like if it's like redone or it's like remastered the, the early one that wasn't remastered right yet or whatever the, the situation yeah. is, I want the one that I know I like. Yeah. Uh, now 
what like you what's ne- our and general- you never get that shit on YouTube. It's always like the most compressed, like, oh yeah, garbage ass mix of it available. Now, what do we feel like is the like? Do we have a general consensus on what we feel like is the best medium to listen to music? It depends. Like, um, whether it yeah. release, I'd yeah, say. yeah. It would like, have to depend per Nirvana. I probably prefer on like Nirvana is my favorite band, and I probably prefer Nirvana on cassette. Okay, Nirvana is my my favorite me way to listen to Nirvana's on cassette. Um, rap, it's definitely CDs. Yeah, the bass is like clear with the CD and old school stuff vinyl. Yeah. I was just gonna say because you mentioned it too. Like when you buy certain albums, the intent is obviously to hear it how it was supposed to be made. Exactly. So I think that's really what I base a lot of the things on because I buy vinyl mostly for the again the specific you know purpose that a i'm actually physically owning it because i'm yeah. like a big thing for album covers like there's something about owning a physical copy seeing the album cover as it was originally intended the track listings the you know artwork everything that was supposed to come with the album yeah also because you're able to sit there and listen to it without getting fucking song add and just say you know what i'm halfway it. through this song i'm gonna play this one <laughs> all right i'm done with that one let me switch to this fucking band let me go and it just it gets you all over the place exactly but Again, I think like Connor was specifically saying with the idea based around genre, my thing is mostly based around year. I think vinyl for me is really good up until like the 90s. Okay. You know, the Lamb of God album I bought because same way you said with like Jerry Cantrell, like you just like the band. So you gave it a shot because you knew it was probably not going to let you down. My case was a little different. I feel like I spent $25, waited the extra three days for mediocrity essentially but i should have known because i mean lamb of god hasn't put out a pure discography so i should have known better but yeah but one would have thought yeah speaking of which you see chris adler's doing another band now no but that's uh wait isn't he like the dope drummer that left lamb of god because he yeah. was like too old and didn't want to do it anymore yeah what a fucking cocksucker and now you yeah. guys keep bitching about how bad they're he you all should be mad at him not lamb of god he fucking tanked oh no, no i am nah, mad at nah, chris nah, adler nah. he's the one that did it yo he did an interview too the other day where they're like uh like it's like chris adler explains why he left lamb of god and it's still the same exact thing he's like we were set at crossroads it's a mutual thing yeah you know, they yeah, kind of went Moore one way, I went the said other. some shit like that it was on good terms and that the media was like hyping it up to make it seem like there was a huge falling out between them and everything else. But Bro, I mean, I follow all the Is he playing Instagram. drums in the new band? Yeah. Okay. He didn't pull a girl. Okay. <laughs> he also he owns. Oh, yeah, he's not a. He owns a management company too now. Who? Adler? Yeah. Yeah. But regardless. Yeah. Like I said, just with the whole buying like of certain albums, I think just. My whole thing is, is I mean, CDs are one thing, vinyls are another thing, tapes are another thing. I'm kind of indifferent on like which I'm listening to, unless it's something that was specifically made for vinyl and then yeah. had to be repressed and remastered for CD or tape later mm-hmm. on. Um, but again, like now, I mean, even with like some of the remasters and stuff, it's just like I said, with the vinyl, it kind of forces me into a position where it's like I'm able to listen to something. And a lot of albums that I buy, I already have digitally. And then there are some albums that like 
I'll know about that I haven't heard and wanted yeah. to hear. And instead of putting it on my phone, I'll go and find the vinyl. So that way, when it comes to me, I can kind of create that same aesthetic of yeah. like listening to a new album and not knowing every song title. And you'll actually you listen to them and not skip it. them and yeah, that dude. kind of shit. Because that's just like, I don't know. Like, I was always a thing when I was a kid that I would make like mixtapes. Yeah. You know, I picked like my favorite songs by certain artists and just make a fucking compilation of mixed up and mashed up genres and songs. I'm pretty sure but all then, of us have done that. Oh, yeah. I still but, do that. But yeah, now as I'm older, <laughs> but dude, now as I'm older, I like complete albums. Yeah. Like I'm a big like complete album. I'm a big complete album. When people guy. are over, I like to have a fucking tape to pop in. Yeah. Mix. Of course. You gotta have. I don't fuck with playlists. Gotta have the banger jams. Yeah. Fucking like the CD you know is good to go. Mm. But I'm saying like there's like that whole thing when we talked about on people's iPods and you would see somebody like an artist name like, oh, we got Pantera on here. And Let's what do you walk. see when you. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I would like to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, has it? I haven't Watch heard out. that riff that might, in a that while, might give dude. us copyright. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that riff in a while. Going back to the vinyl thing and it sounding yeah. better and whatnot, I'm pretty sure my Injustice for All copy, which is a remastered version, and it's a new pressing, Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's bass on it. Yeah, they go. did that with a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, they upped the bass a little bit. The other thing, too, is I do feel like we're not seeing more vinyl that we could because of the availability of the pressing. Yeah. The reason why Metallica is all fucking gung ho and shit is because they own their own record pressing You're plant. Able to make money off that, regardless. Like, bro, like after the show, we'll grab one of my records. On it, it says "pressed by the Metalla Press." Wow. It says, and then um, dot 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 and vinyl for all. Cocksuckers. And another smart. thing, with, very smart. With that in mind, because we also mentioned with like newer albums, like yeah. they get put on and they don't really go through the right process of making it like vinyl friendly. Mm. So just to admit, I don't own a copy of Fear Inoculum on vinyl. Shocking news. <laughs> they right? didn't do that on vinyl. They didn't right? because this is the thing that I found impressive. Tool actually, all the vinyls that they have released actually go back in the studio and do like an authenticated version to make sure the album they're putting on vinyl is like so purposely intended later. for vinyl. Yeah, oh, and like a lot of people have made bootlegs of it already, and I've heard sounds of it, and it's it's good. But like again, Tool is one of those like perfectionist bands where yeah. they're not going to just put out like a plastered version of their CD that's just in vinyl format. Exactly. So like that I find interesting as well. And I think a lot of like 90s albums that got re-put on vinyl that weren't intended like that, I'm sure there's that similar process. But if you like, for instance, Lamb of God, I guarantee you if I just blasted a Bose speaker with the CD playing and then blasted a fucking vinyl of it, I don't think there would be that many noticeable differences to be able to say which one came from which format. Like... However, if I were to put my Van Halen one vinyl, yeah, versus a CD, CD. or you my iPhone, you hear it, yeah. yeah, like yeah. honestly, like to listen to that album on vinyl, it's like it's another experience. You like hear parts of the songs that like you never heard before, dude, dude. When you listen to that on vinyl, you can actually hear the Michael Anthony like high ass harmonies. Yeah, like you can hear them like they're fucking there. Yeah, like it's wild, and I feel like this shit should be more. Like more accessible to different, like to more people. Like honestly, like, like you were just saying to hear the different things. 
like there's people that can go through their whole life and like not ever hear that. Yeah. Call and that's me, a shame. Call me crazy. I rebought the um the first Nirvana CD I ever got today. The Nirvana Greatest Hits that yeah. had, you know you're right on it for the first time. And I was listening to it in the car on the way home. And um, about a girl sliver and smells like Teen Spirit stuck out immediately. I was like, this is the mix that I yeah. first fucking yeah. got hit with. with yeah, the Nirvana. more you yeah. listen to something like in that repetition where it's like a song that you know front to back and could just sing with your, you know, like in your dreams and just know it. Yeah. Like, I still swear that the remastering, whatever they did to pull, touch, mess with the knobs for that Grace Tits is like the best sounding that any yeah. of those songs on that album yeah. ever sounded. Who remixed it? Do you know? I think Adam Casper, the dude okay. who actually did, um, you know, you're right. Okay, he's like a Seattle dude. Well, that's probably why you know, you're right. Sounds awesome. Like in my yeah. opinion, I think that's like the best produced Nirvana song. Yeah, it is a sad thing to think about what that album could have sounded like. Yeah, uh, yeah. If they would have done another album that with uh, that production, it, it, would, it would have been like. Never mind, mixed within utero. Yeah, know, more acoustic too would have been just like yep. probably their best album. It would have been crazy. Maybe they yeah. would have found a splash from Chad Channing to add on there somewhere too. <laughs> I, I I suspect Dave Grohl probably would have had a song too. Yeah, song you think? Too. Yeah, I, th- I well, think, yeah, Marigold. I think if they did another Dude. album, they would have went like the super unknown route. Yeah, and I didn't even think about it too. Out with like Pat Smear added in the mix too. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was a full member. That would have been fucking awesome it would have definitely bought that shit on vinyl yeah (laughs) damn so i guess to kind of wrap this up do we have i mean do you think like it's like like one of those things where you have like a definitive answer i would say do you think it's worth it at the end of the day with the availability and the convenience of streaming do you still find it worth it to purchase the album 100 percent yeah for me so yeah even shit even shit I, i just don't like listening to stuff um yeah com- super compressed that's what i was gonna say because yeah. when we went out i bought 16 albums and other than one of them Dang, i have all 16. of them i bought 16 i got like 30 cds for like a sixth of the price that yeah you i got 16 <laughs> it wasn't it was 55 yo, that, shit, over that shit wasn't a pretty sight and i always thought about cutting one album out just to kind of like lighten the load even by a minuscule dude <laughs> but like out of those 16 albums i bought dude like other than one of them i have all of them on my phone and like I said, just I... You'll have all 16 on your phone after you give the vinyl a listen. Trust me. I can't confirm or deny this information just yet. So <laughs> I can expose this. Um, but yeah, dude, buying Steve album... Van album. <coughs> and it's from Van, Van Hagar. <laughs> if I commit suicide, it was a nice gesture. Note. It was a nice gesture. You bought, you bought it for me. At your funeral. <laughs> Brian, you bought it for me. I understand. But... Since I already have it, now it's basically my gift to you. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah, that's true, dude. Connor, t- <laughs> Connor told me to take it with another album to kind of up the price and see if I could make my money back at Tunes because they don't have dick there. <laughs> like, I know you guys don't got any Van Halen. They I'm don't. see for 12 bucks. Dude. Trust me, when I first got the turntable, I, that was the first place yo, I went. Yo, Tunes, Tunes is fucked, have any No Van Halen. You got to go to Princeton. Yeah. Yo, I'm telling you now, Princeton, dude, I was impressed with Princeton. I'm going to have to go there with you guys for yo, real. Yo, their whole metal section, dude. We'll give it like a month or two. We'll go back. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I found some fucking 80s, like, thrash. Dude, they had Bonded by Blood. They had had like so That's many cool. like, C- I, I don't know if you care about cds but their cds are fucking insane. yeah their cd selection probably, i've never seen that 
I've never probably seen like under How big 20. is this place? Bro, it's probably, it's probably like, like tw- two or three times the size of this whole house, like the bottom floor. Yeah. So it's, it's impressive. probably about the size of like like a big lot. Maybe no, like, no. Maybe I like a say third the size of a big lot. This is the thing. That's though. pretty fucking big. It's pretty I big. also it's long and narrow. The okay. thing I'm gonna up them on too is the organization. It was so fucking easy. Like yeah. they had their new, newly arrived. Like so, just new. Like they had Gigaton and you could literally get every shit. Van Halen CD there for probably like under twenty dollars. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I used to own all of them. They had every material. Tuesday, they're expensive now. Last time I was there, I noticed that. This is they're like 12 off. bucks. Yeah, this, this is a little Van off Halen topic, CDs. but the Van Halen CDs at Tunes have gone up astronomically. That's what I'm saying. I might bring 5150. I'll give you 30 bucks for this. I'm like, I don't know, man. This is a classic. This is the first know. album with Sammy Hagar. This is their know, first number bro. one. I, I peruse. Be like, yo, you don't I have any Van Halen. I was just going to say that. <laughs> You need me more than I need you. <laughs> Bro, I felt so bad. I was in there asking the guy for album after album after album for him to look at. After the 10th album, he just kept saying, no, sorry, I'm really sorry. No. And I was like, don't worry about it, dude. And I left because I was like, I can't keep asking this guy for every album. <laughs> for, for him to look at his computer screen for five minutes and like sit there for a second. Like, do I tell him no? I don't know if I can. Like, I, I can't afford another. No, he's going to leave. <laughs> So you got Tool? No. Neil Young? What about no. they Led tell Zeppelin? me I'm no good? I can't handle that kind of rejection. <laughs> yeah, dude. He was like the only one in there. I walked in there. He came from around the counter, like shook my hand. Like, welcome to Tunes. <laughs> Do you need anything? A hot towel, perhaps? <laughs> no, dude. I'm all right. To make your stay more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> Please spend money here. Yeah. Let's buy one, get one, ten free day. Please, God, take We're something. We're dying. <laughs> it's not funny, though. <laughs> um. But yeah, as a whole, I definitely feel like like what Connor was saying, it's it's like a um I guess per case what yep. sounds the best. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have, you know, like the perfect remastered version or something on your phone and you actually have it hooked up to like a like a real legitimate thing, not like fucking Bluetooth or you know, like through your car radio, and you actually have it on like a like like a legit system. I guess you can kind of get the same feel. Yeah. But as far as it goes, I think vinyl is the. I think vinyl is the best. Yeah. And as far as the streaming thing goes, they just need to start coming out with more shit that people want to buy full albums yeah. for. Unfortunately, I think we are far past that point. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think you're going to start seeing, like, Alice in Chains and, like, Foo Fighters releasing EPs instead of full albums. Well, that's the thing I was going to even notice, too, just generational-wise. Like, I'm thinking, like, my oldest nephew is 14, I think. I'm just thinking about it now because I've never even put this into perspective. But I bet he probably doesn't own a single CD of his own. No. Any CD or any album he actually has is probably... How old is he? 14 years old. Yeah, he was born in 2006. That's what I'm saying. Tanking by so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if he owns a single CD because he's like that last age of the possibility still being there because the iPhone wasn't out yet yeah. when he was born. But in his age group, like I wonder if any of them grew up with their parents. Obviously, my sister was heavy on fucking CDs, especially yeah. in the late 90s. Um, but I would be willing to bet that there's not a single CD or any type of thing other than an audio download that he owns. Yeah, I was talking to my surprised. little cousin. I was like, she was like, how old are you? And I don't see her that often. Yeah. And I was like, 27. She's like, that's not that old. I was like, I was born before the internet. She's like, no, you weren't. Yeah, when you put that <laughs> in perspective, that shit's wild, dude. I was, 
Like the AOL, up, the AOL dial tone, but just even logging on a computer to play yeah. pinball. Technically, I Solitaire wasn't born before the internet. I think the internet's from like 1990 or 89 or something, but it was like super Before fucking, it was a it wasn't household item. It wasn't widespread, yeah. yeah. If you had a computer in 1993, you were just typing on it. It was like a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. But you could delete. Yeah. It's so crazy like to think about like... You know, like 1992 and three, like what hadn't been invented yet or had been around yet? 1990. 1990. You were born 1990? 91. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A, yeah so before 91. A couple months after, never mind. Yeah. Like, think I about just it. just missed the release party. <laughs> like, it's crazy, the generational gap, too. Like, you think about it. Like, we grew up in a time where, like, MP3s weren't a thing. I know. Until we were Bro, like, when LimeWire hit the fucking web, like, I was shit, like, yo, God shit is free damn. Now. <laughs> I don't have to wait for yo, my fucking I remember, Christmas. I remember <laughs> downloading movies, bro, and like starting a download before I left for school and making sure that the computer wouldn't get turned off and putting a sticky note on there for my father to be like, yo, don't turn this shit off. Yeah, I would come home from school and yo, that shit would be buffering <laughs> from like fucking 9 a.m. So it was just sitting there paused the entire time and I had to like resume download and then the next morning. <laughs> morning i get up and finally it's done and then just to be just a porno <laughs> or something <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like 10 i'm like i can't do this i did get a couple whole albums off limewire like in the, oh, hell pre, yeah. in the pre-torrent days hell yeah yeah um bro i didn't get on torrents till i was probably 15 years old i was still fucking with frostwire after limewire died frostwire limewire yeah. dude i remember it was funny i remember when my dad like first found out what napster was <laughs> Like, my grandfather came in, and, like, my dad's like, Dad, look at this. You could do anything. <laughs> and my fucking grandfather was like, all right, Billy, we'll go and uh, there's this song called Cement Mixer Putty Putty. Like, look this up. Dude, I swear to God, it's on my phone. I'll show you after the show. <laughs> my dad's like, okay, fine, no problem. <laughs> my dad clicks on it, and, like, two hours later, the fucking song's yeah, done. Dude. <laughs> and, like, my dad's like, Dad, come in here. And <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> and you never met my grandfather Connor, nah, man. Yeah. Like just like that, like interaction was just so fucking so funny. blown away by such like, <laughs> like what he was today. Like, now, dude, if a fucking I haven't heard this song in like forty years. Yeah, if a Google homepage doesn't load in like five seconds, people yeah. lose their fucking mind. Yeah, which is crazy because that was like the idea of getting like Rickrolled back in the day. Is like you spend that three hours downloading one goddamn song, and sometimes it's not even the right song. But dude, you think about it. A lot of people made their careers that way. Hell like, yeah! You think of um, who was it? Chingy oh, made yeah. his career by doing that. Yep. Fifty Cent was doing that shit too. Mm-hmm. I think Ti may have done that shit too. Oh yeah, that's that no whole... Soldier Boy. He was the big one. Oh yeah, crank Soldier that. Boy would um crank that. Yeah, he would like put his shit on as like a Fifty Cent song, and then like you get it, and he'd be like Soldier Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I That's just remember funny. going through LimeWire and always seeing Nirvana, half the man I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> I remember for the longest time, I thought that was Nirvana. <laughs> I remember Vince Saferni was like, that's my favorite Nirvana song. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I, I actually remember, I remember telling you that, too. I'm like, that's my favorite Nirvana song. And you're like, that's not a Nirvana song. I'm like, yes, it is. I'm half telling you. It's how I got it on LimeWire. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> They also thought fucking uh, Blister in the Sun was by Jane's Addiction. Not me. No, not you. Uh, VC. VC. I thought Skeletons of Society was a Metallica song for quite a bit. <laughs> it was the first Slayer song I ever heard. That's funny. 
I was like, God damn. Fucking. So you're listening to this Metallica song to somebody who was like, well, <laughs> what do I mean? Like, they're like, bro, we're not fucking friends anymore. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. All right, so uh, I guess let's get into our personal suggestions for this week. Real quick, actually, fuck physical releases. I'm about to hit LimeWire hard when I get home. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even think you could use like Pirate Bay or, any, or anything like that anymore, shut down. right? It's all, yeah. I don't know. I, I use Spotify. I've become an Facts. adult where I pay for things to stream my music. <laughs> Unfortunately. I also have become an adult in using other people's services to stream my music. I'm in a weird gray area where I'm not actually giving the record industry any money because I buy all my shit secondhand, but I do buy my uh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, personal suggestions. My personal suggestion for this week is to check out the Def Leppard classic album, Hysteria. The song in question is Rocket. Okay, that's is his, That's not the one with Pour Some Sugar on Me, right? Hysteria is, yeah. Oh, okay. That this was what was the one before that? Pyromania. Pyromania. That okay. one had that's um, like the blue and black one and yellow and shit. Yeah, where it's got like a building with like a sniper, like eye scope on it. Yeah, that yeah, had like yeah. photograph, photograph on it, yeah. and I think Armageddon it. Yep. No. No, Armageddon it was on its there. Yeah. yeah. Um, God damn it! Album. Why do I fucking know this? Fuck you, VH1. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> Pop up video. Well, they had the goddamn Def Leppard movie on there all the fucking time. Oh yeah, Hysteria the like Def Leppard movie. Times. Dude, honestly, Def <laughs> Leppard is one of those bands to where like people hate them. They were like the original Nickelback, I I would guess. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with that. But <laughs> there's no denying the fact of how good like they are as musicians and as songwriters. Like you the listen to props. Yeah. Like even like actually, you know what? I'm changing my fucking I'm changing my my suggestion. It's not Rocket. Rocket's my High favorite song. No, Rocket's my favorite song on uh, some motherfucking the song. Gods of War. Gods of War is my uh my pour pick. some sugar on me. All right, I can live with pour. You some know, sugar on me. I watched the classic albums of Hysteria a couple weeks ago, and that song wasn't even meant for the album at all. Robert Mutt Lang. Yeah, fucking um, the uh, Mutt. Joe Elliott played it. It was like an acoustic song. He's like, and Mutt Lang's like, what the fuck is that? That sounds like a hit. It's just it's a little ditty called "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Yeah, and he's like, he's like, "How about you pour your fucking ass in that studio and let's make this make this motherfucking song?" And then it was the fucking biggest hit of the eighties. I'm a high and dry kind. What of What was the guitarist name that died? Steven? Steve Clark. Yeah, yeah, dude. And like that's the thing too. You check out Gods of War. He was a good guitarist. Hit, that guitar part in that song is fucking insane. It's such a good song. They would have probably stayed big in the nineties if he didn't die. I agree. Yeah. I think that I think they would have been they would have put out another good album. Because there there just was no hard rock bands from the eighties that were able to carry over. No. None. Not, not even, even Van Halen. Almighty GNR. No. Like, not even AC. I don't think anyone would have guessed in nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight, or eighty nine that Guns N' Roses weren't gonna be huge yeah, I'm all throughout yeah. the nineties. Yeah. And the Guns N' Roses were pretty much de- like completely petered out by like 93 yeah none of those bands really they only really had what like a five-year run yeah i mean well use your illusions came out in 91 91 yeah and they were you know rocking that shit for 92 did you forget about chinese democracy oh dude instant classic 
I remember. I remember the day Connor bought it. We went I bought to that bitch at Best, Best Buy, brand new for a dollar ninety nine. The Oblivion blimp. Bli- the, the whole Oblivion bin was Chinese democracies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's literally they were just like, please get these the fuck out. That's of my awesome. Store. And I remember we put it on in the car and listened to it, and we, like I didn't even think we made it to like the second track. It was yeah. like done. Nope. Yeah. I'm sure I still have that laying around. See, that was a time before but... streaming, right? Yeah. So that's probably like twenty dollars now. That was the only way you were gonna hear it. Couldn't even get through the first two tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have the luxury to skip down and at least listen to the intro of every other song real quick. <laughs> so who's next for personal suggestions? I'll take it. Um, I got Dinosaur Jr.'s uh, second album. It's either from 87 or 88. I forget. It's uh, You're Living All Over Me. Key track, Sludge Feast. Nice. Mm. This album needs no introduction. <laughs> Didn't you go Furry Little Things last time? Changing that up. Nope, I went sludge beast. It says on the paper. Oh wow, <laughs> impressive. I stay, I stay true, dog. <laughs> I'm actually gonna Keep it pick real, the real. I'm actually gonna do a 1998 album by Arch Enemy, <laughs> Johann Leva era, the only male singer to ever lead this band. He stole the his album. name from the motherfucker from Skid Row. <laughs> Say it again. Johann. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bach. Yeah, what about it? He stole his name. I didn't hear what he said because I was trying I said to say he talk. stole his motherfucking name from the motherfucker from Skid Row. Okay. <laughs> Stigmata is the album, 1998, released by Arch Enemy. The track is Dark of the Sun. Nice. Our group suggestion for this week. Next time, try not to talk over me while I'm trying to get through reading what I'm actually picking since maybe, I allowed maybe you to don't speak mumble so through. Uh, I'm mumbling now because problem. obviously this is supposed to be the part that's probably not going to make it in the show because I just had a moment where I was trying to say something and you decided to talk over me. I decided to chime in. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a chime in. Our, our group suggestion for this week is to check out the 2014 movie Whiplash. Starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah. Fucking J. Jonah. Yeah. And he's a fucking total badass in this movie. Like, I, I don't know if you ever seen it. It was, um, there's like a meme circulating of like uh, some dude playing like Symphony of Destruction, right? And it's like mashed up with the scene from this movie. And it's like him like clapping his hands like. And it's like off time. And then he's like, you're not quite my tempo. Let's try it again. And the guy goes again, and then he goes like two more times, and the fucking he just grabs a chair and throws it at him. Who does J.K. Simmons play? He plays Teacher. the conductor of the band. Okay. Yeah, and Miles Teller's the the drummer that somehow got into this elite jazz band and was berated until he became good. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. This is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream podcast in the books. If you have any questions, comments, submissions, concerns, go fuck yourself. <laughs> now, you can get us on our social medias, Instagram and Twitter at R-A-T-M podcast, Facebook.com slash R-A-T-M podcast. Or if the 250 characters isn't enough for your Instagram post or Twitter post, you can always email us at R-A-T-M podcast at gmail.com. Or call Steve directly at 609. <laughs> we only actually accept 251 characters on our email. Proofread. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but until then, this is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off. As always, I'm Bill. Karen. Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>